What, do they think we got three Rod Brandemores or what? I think I started lifting real light weights when I was like 12. listening to the rod the podcast with your hosts jordan betts and mike men hey hey welcome into another episode of the rod the podcast i'm your host jordan betts as always with my host co-host mike may how we doing mike pretty good another week uh <laughs> some some more canes topics yeah, to talk you about you know when we finished recording last week, I'm going, okay, might get some nature's news, whatever. Wasn't really expecting it. Kind of thought that would drag on into the summer a little bit. Thought, you know, maybe we'd take a week off or do something, you know, cool, like an all-time Canes roster or something, just creative to to kill some time here in the summer. And nope, uh, content prevails here as uh, some good, some bad. Uh, Mike, tell me what happened this week. Well, as you uh, alluded to, we didn't think a nature steal would get done. It did. And then on top of that, our boy Max Pacioretty blew out his Achilles and underwent surgery today, Wednesday, as we record this podcast. You know, it almost seemed too good to be true when the nature steal was, you know, announced kind of out of the blue. It's like, okay, great, awesome. It's just, you know, at around that same time, the Pacioretty news broke and it was like, ah, well, that makes sense why they came to the table and ultimately signed uh, Martin Natchez to a two-year, $3 million AAV uh, deal, uh, 2.5 in cash this year, 3.5 in cash next year, but an AAV of three, as I mentioned. So the, the lineup, so at least the forward group, looks oddly similar to last year, basically substituting out Nino and, and putting in Casa, Andre Casa. And, hey, I'm not going to say that's necessarily the worst thing in the world. It um, is obviously going to require uh, KK to step up and fill that void in the Trochet slot. You know, that was always going to be a point of emphasis. Now I think it's kind of a glaring need if he can't do that uh, because you've lost the uh, high-end goal scorer that was such a necessity for this team uh, in patches missing at minimum six months. Yeah, it's obviously not ideal. Um, It was better off. I mean, it's never a good thing, obviously, but happening now as opposed to happening in October, November, December, somewhere in that range, that that would have been worse in my opinion. Um, We'll talk LTIR and Tampa Bay Lightning later, but (laughs) for now, um, yeah, you look at KK, we've we've talked about it in weeks past. It's going to be a big season for him if he makes a jump, but now... You have the security blanket in Martin Natchez as a potential other option at 2C if it's Great not point. going well for KK and you need to move things around. I think the point that we can't forget is that Ajo and Stahl locked in at center, no questions there. And then you have three other players capable of being NHL centers already, I think, um, in Natchez. KK and Drury, I think down the road we could see Jarvis play as a center as well. And even we've seen Martinook play at center. So there's not a shortage of players that are capable of playing at that center spot. And I think there'll be competition 
that there might not have been with the addition of Natchez. So it it balances out in a way where you were expecting KK to be playing with, like you kind of mentioned, a Pacioretty, a Jarvis, some some combination of that, or Aho, or excuse me, Turbos Fetch. Um, it's going to be really hard to fail in that role. It's going to be a little more challenging when you're talking about three young players, one who is going to go into his sophomore year, and we've seen sophomore slumps many a times before, and then Natchez, a guy who expressed the desire to play center. So how how are all these dynamics going to work out? I think internal competition is great. Um, Patch Reddy is going to be missed in the short run for sure, but it sounds like if everything goes well with surgery and recovery and rehab, um, he should be back sometime in February. Um, but maybe we'll see a little bit of a cap yeah, manipulation. There, there should be, there could be some some of that uh, cap manipulation as Tampa has shown us. Uh, what were they? Eight million, eighteen million over the year that they won it the first time. Uh, hey, that's that's not against the rules. They they played it perfectly. And hey, if you're Nikita Kucherov. It's got to be hard to step in and play playoff hockey <laughs> without playing any NHL games. So never going to you know fault them for that. It's part of the system, how it's set up. Um, my initial reaction to the patch ready uh, injury, man, like it's terrible news. It, it definitely lowers the uh, ceiling of the team. Um, but to me, it, it was never about this team winning another division championship or um, peaking in October, November, December, uh, as they maybe have uh, in recent years. Because the way I view the roster, even without him, it, it's a playoff team. Uh, they're a high-end playoff team. Uh, may, this may hurt them in the betting markets, but that's not what we're worried about here. And the the irony behind this is when he was traded to Carolina uh, for Kane's great future considerations, um, the, the notion was, hey, great player can't stay healthy you know, it's a risk for $7 million. And hey, lo and behold, before the games ever even started, this injury bug reared its head. And I, I kind of joked with you over text. I was like, you know, it's bad news, but I'm really not that worried about it. I, I'd view Patch Reddy, uh, if he is not on IR until the playoffs or LTIR until the playoffs start, he kind of becomes like your deadline acquisition. And I believe they won't rush him back. They'll allow him to get acclimated to the team and practices. So you'll even have more of a head start on that than bringing in some guy at the deadline. Um, and truthfully, maybe this is his big injury and they've gotten it out of the way. Right. And so he can play the, you know, last 20 games of the season plus the playoffs and be a healthy player. Whereas I think there is uncertainty if he could have survived 82 games plus another 20, 30 in the playoffs. That's all speculative. We'll, we'll never know. It's not going to play out that way. Um, I think this hurts KK the most, but I, I'm just a firm believer that there's enough organizational depth here. I, I like the forward group enough that I'm not sending off any major alarm bells. The thing I'm most disappointed about is I wanted to see this team play how it con was constructed for 82 games, because I think more than anything else, him being there would have alleviated some of the pressure on Svetch, Jarvis, Aho, and kind of allowed them to take the next step. I think maybe that's the biggest issue here for me. But otherwise, I'm not too concerned about this because where the team's at in its winning cycle, it's all about the playoffs. And if all th goes well with his recovery as expected, he'll be back for that. Yeah. Um, it, the timing, obviously, it could it could have been a lot worse. Um, 
it's going to be a big miss for the first several months of the season not having him and obviously a lot of Canes fans look forward to seeing that we haven't had a player of that stature in a while that has the ability to score like like Max can score so it was something we looked forward to seeing we're gonna have to wait a little bit longer to see it if things shake out and he is still on LTIR I mean then you look at the cap manipulation and at that point if it's cap manipulation or not but you look at it and then all of a sudden you have an additional seven million to go spend on on setting up your roster and even if he's a guy that only gets to skate with the team for two weeks you're bringing him in to score goals right right and he's gonna be around he's gonna be watching he's gonna have tape he's gonna know the system I think I don't think it's a situation where you're bringing a guy in he has he's gonna be healthy by playoffs and hasn't seen the game yeah I mean exactly so he'll basically have almost two months of perceived window there that he could be healthy we'll see how it plays out Uh, I'm fairly confident that by April he'll be healthy and good to go Um, what that does for you now is hey and I was told there'd be no math but Kane's currently sent a little over one million dollars over the salary cap that's with Jake Gardner still on LTIR. What we're probably going to see here uh, when those deadlines approach is Jake Gardner get moved off LT, LTIR. Patrick will go to LTIR, which is going to give you about $1 million in cap or $2 million in cap space. Now, with the upcoming buyout windows, I think we can talk about something a little different because if they do buy LJ Gardner, it's roughly it's 1.48 over the next two years, which is going to give you what, just under four and a half million dollars to play with this year. That's another you know middle six you know player if they're able to you know, if they decide to make that decision. You know this could be a, a really blessing in disguise type thing if Pacioretty is you know healthy and ready to go by playoff time because. Similar to Tampa, you can have an overweight roster salary-wise. Hey, we're a long way away from are they going to activate him in February? Are they going to activate him after the regular season? Is someone else going to get hurt so he comes back in? You don't need that money. I mean, there's so many things that can happen in the next six to eight months. But uh, this just gives you a little bit more flexibility with the signing of Ethan Bear, like we talked about last week. You have so much depth on the back end with with nine NHL-quality defensemen. Yeah, like four groups, not that different. It's just not that big of a concern for me right now, Mike. And maybe I'm underselling it, but every time I think about the more I think about it, I'm like, this is low key a good thing. Not that, you know, <laughs> with the glaring caveat yeah. that this may stunt the development of guys that need to take jumps to get this team to be a playoff team. But from a cap situation, from a making the playoff situation, I'm just not that concerned. Yeah, I mean, this is still a team that should make the playoffs without any scare, without Patch Ready in the lineup right away. Um, and even if it comes down to a point where he's not ready until the playoffs, I think I think if you buy out Gardner and Patch Ready isn't available, I think it's like 8 or $9 million that we have to play with, somewhere in that range. And, I mean, you're talking about significant ability to add if that's the case i think you buy out i i mean if it was me i'm buying out gardner no matter what because of the depth that you mentioned at defense i think all three of the guys that we would have out of the lineup 
night one potentially being Lejoy, Lejoie, however you pronounce it, Chatfield, Coglin. I think all three of those guys are NHL ready. I think Bear will have a better season than last season, most likely. I think he'll be serviceable. Um, but I don't think there's a point to have nine NHL defensemen. No, it's not good for them. It's not good for your cap situation. It, it just doesn't make a ton of sense. And I know, in theory, uh, this organization is just like all are very against using buyouts. It you know it signifies that you've signed bad contracts, and that's just not something uh, this. Um, I was going to say this administration, but this organization under uh, Tom Dundon's, you know, regime is just, it's just not what they want to be doing. And so, you know, they view that as working uh, suboptimally to basically throw away $1.5 million on nothing. Um, but sometimes I, in this situation, I believe is one of them that the overall health of your salary cap is, is definitely improved here because what that gives you the opportunity to do as far as bringing in more talent because I think you might need to do that. And that really, to me, is just because can KK play that role? I thought you made a great point about how Martinook can slide and kind of be your fourth line center. He's done that, you know, very well in the past. And so that d- does give you a little bit more flexibility. I'm just not sure you want to see Drury playing uh, in that second line role. I, I th- don't think at this point in his career will we want to overextend Jordan Stahl uh, to put him in an offensive, you know, position. Uh, as your second line center, I just a lot's going to hinge on that hinge on that Nature's KK uh, dynamic. Uh, one of those two guys needs to step up and be that guy. But if not, that there is more cap flexibility now. Uh, I'm glad they signed Nature's. Overall, I'm just going to keep saying it. I'm not that concerned. Yeah, I'm not concerned either, and I really don't think that they'll go out and add a center anytime soon. Uh, maybe not at all. I think that between Natchez and KK, I think the likelihood of one of the two working out at 2C is very high. I think... At least I, being serviceable. Yeah, and I I mean, I I think that if Natchez can get his act together, I think that he could be a very good center. And I think KK also has the potential to be a very good center. I think I think if your long-term picture at center is Ajo, Natchez, KK, I think you're looking really good for... A long period of time um, that requires Natchez to beat out KK. If it comes to a point where KK is a better center than Natchez, and your Aho KK Natchez, I don't know if that is necessarily going to work for a guy like Natchez. I think he'll want to go get more opportunity, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, not to go too far down the rabbit hole, but I I look at that and you think about adding players and. We've talked about like how are they going to replace Nino, and you look at a guy like Kasha and the potential that you could still go out now and add a Puljavari via trade if you if they're still really high on him. Um, I think I think the moves at this point you're looking at bottom six forward moves, and I think you're looking at I mean I could see this team making a third pairing defenseman move just yeah. because of who they are. And, and they'll just store those guys in the A. And yeah, and they might have to include the, some of those guys right. in the trade, whatever it may be. They they have flexibility. I'm not expecting a reaction anytime soon. I think they're going to let it play out with the roster they have. I think they feel comfortable with the roster that they have today. And it just gives you a little bit more wiggle room if down the road you decide, hey, th- these things aren't working out. Um, if you decide not to buy Jake Gardner out and Jake Gardner's playing, you're like, this isn't working out, and you decide to give up a 
an asset, a significant asset, whether it's a, who knows, if it's Suzuki or a player of that caliber, then you have the flexibility. You can go make a Gardner trade. You can go make a depth forward trade. You could, if you wanted to swing for the, for the fences, you could go out and try and add Tarasenko, and then you have Tarasenko and Pacioretty when he comes back, and all of a yeah. sudden you have a plethora That's, of goal scoring better. that you didn't have. Yeah, it's even better. And to me, um, I totally agree. There, I, I believe they will let it play out for a little bit, see how this team gels. I, I think expectation is they will still be a very competitive team. Um, it also allows you know you get near the deadline. Pacioretty's getting near healthy. You still have that optionality with the cap space that we've theoretically created in this scenario. Um, to your point, it allows you to bring another high-end guy, which I, I think is interesting. And at that point, you'll understand who are the buyers, who's the sellers, who's trying to get out from under contracts, who's on expiring deals. And that knowledge allows you to make better deals at that time. And we we've hammered them for not being active at the deadline but I think with how the team is positioned now, they're almost have to be if they are in that contender window, which they are. And one thing I wanted to jump in on, because we always talk about contender windows here. Um, the thing I really loved about this Natchez deal that we didn't remember uh, mention, it's a two-year deal. It aligns with the same window as all those other contracts coming up. So what that enables you to do, one, it doesn't restrict the money pool that you have for those guys. And it allows you to reevaluate in or to evaluate is nature's one of those core members. And, and so for me, that alignment is so key because the off season two years from now uh, is, you know, not to speak in hyperbole, but that one probably is the most critical in Kane's history. Um, Cause this core, which other than winning a Stanley cup has been your most perpetually successful group will have some mem core members, you know, coming up for contract. So I think that was a really savvy move to do it at two years. I thought it was only going to be a one-year deal. So love seeing it being two. Yeah, I agree. I think the timing, I mean, obviously it just puts more pressure on that contract. Once those two years are up, I think it's very critical that once if, and it sounds like there's a chance of it happening, if Stahl decides to move on at the end of this season, I think it's very important that you quickly transition to Ajo as the captain. I don't think there should be any debate there. I think Slavin can still wear the A, but I don't. Th I think this is Ajo's team, um, and and as soon as that's the opportunity to re-sign Ajo, I think you have to get to work on that immediately. That one's got to be number one, and it's got to be before ever you start negotiating with other people because if you have Ajo back, I mean that impacts Turbo. I mean it it's might might not, might not be something that's directly spoken of outside but like the aho deal getting done is a huge linchpin for a turbo deal getting done i mean he's they're he's not gonna a, do it though mike they're not uh, we'll Slave, see slavin will be the first one signed well slavin, Sla slavin is, will be the first one signed is he three years he's a year after aho right you're right you're right it's um it's pesci I, pesci's shea, the one that comes up yeah, it's pesci shea aho turbo natchez I think. Man, that's a lot. Yeah, um, that's a lot. It's, you're right. Yeah. I, I for flip flop. I thought Pesci was a year after B right at Slavin. Um, yeah. dude, that is gonna be well, there's gonna be a lot of content, let's just say that. Yeah, I mean, I, I would really, really, really like to see them 
not waste time on the Ajo deal and set the precedent and set the tone for the remainder of the negotiations. Right. I'm okay with the other ones taking a little bit more time, but I think you have to show commitment and you have to make it so that he doesn't feel the need to do, go test the market. Right. It, it's such a it's an interesting way to look at it because you made a great point. The more it drags on, the more enticing the market is. And this negotiation differing from the last one is you don't have the fallback of him being an RFA this time. Like he, he gets to be a UFA if you don't resign him. Um, and I, you're right. The, the spider web of this situation, the fact that it curtails, are you able to sign, you know, resign turbo and all those things. So um, that is really going to be something that's going to be obviously important to monitor. I, I think you're right. He should be the next captain of the team. Uh, he's kind of the heart and soul He's grown into a leadership role. Um, just, you can't lose that guy. You, you, you cannot lose that guy. And um, the reason you feel really good about, you know, where the team's at and the longevity of the team is because you've signed a lot of good deals. But he might be the one where you need to sign him longer than you really feel comfortable doing. Or, oh, it's got to be eight. Yeah, because yeah, he's not going to sign anything less than that. No. You know, I mean, it's going to be eight by ten and a half or more right. is likely what that's going to look like, and depending uh, on what the cap looks like. In what the cap years. looks like, too. And he's got to continue to produce. And if he's if he's going to get an eight times ten and a half from this organization um, or ten and a half per, he's got to be a 90 point guy. You know, point per game is not going to do it if I'm them. And just because that's how they think. And, you know. Who knows what the internal analytics are, but I'm I'm always on the the player side of this. I just think if he's not knocking on the doors, being you know elite, they're gonna have a hard time going to double digits because they haven't gone above what eight for anyone. Yeah, and like Fetch is the biggest yeah. one. Yeah, and like you mentioned, I mean, well, it, I guess Aho right now is like eight. Yeah, and a half, but yeah. The the big thing is gonna be if if negoti if it's a point where you're like there's no way this is gonna work, then you've got you've got to trade him. And I mean I don't want to say that I would I would, I want him to sign for another eight years. But if it's one of those things, you cannot you can't be a mismanage. You cannot yeah. mismanage your assets and get to a point where you lose a franchise caliber player and just walk at you you just can't like and i think they know that and i think they're cold-blooded enough that if they get that sense it's gonna happen sure. i mean calgary was able to make the best of a bad situation Oof. but they lost goodrow for free um they trade kachuk and get a pretty decent return <laughs> decent but now return. you're now you're it depends on i mean it's nice well, that it's you nice, have huberdo well, locked up now it's a good return it's nice that you have huberdo locked up but you've also locked up an older player and i i mean he's a playmaker and they seem to to age more gracefully and i get all of that but you lost matthew kachuk who is entering his prime right for a guy that is going to start slowly exiting his prime and you signed him to gaudreau money and the weaker part of the tr is, can you even keep him with their defense the way their defense sits right now? I mean, who knows what, what they'll do there. You just can't have a situation where you lose Ajo, and then as a result of losing Ajo, you lose Turbo well, for free. I'm glad you brought up Calgary because maybe that's the blueprint, right? It's really good team um, coming off a, a really strong year. I don't think it went in the playoffs how they wanted. I don't think they expected to lose to Edmonton not that easily. Um, but that's the blueprint, right? You go, okay, let's, let's say 
Hamilton is our Gaudreau. Okay, not great. That's how it played out. You lose him for free. Well, using this idea, maybe you shop him that year if it early if it doesn't look like it's going to happen. And, you know, we're obviously speculating, but I think a lot will hinge on the fact that how he plays this year, how the team performs, because they're a little bit all in for the first time because of the patch ready deal. Um, yeah, I, I just think it's something worth monitoring because, you know, a year from now they can begin negotiating these deals. So um, I would agree. I, I want him to be the first one locked up. I, I hope it's not top of the market, but I'd be willing to do that for him because when you look at this roster, it's ready to win everywhere. But if you lose your top line center, it <laughs> there, yeah. there's not a more important thing in the sport than that. Absolutely. And I, th one of the things I think about is like, imagine if Stamkos hadn't stayed at the last minute in Tampa Bay or something along those lines and, and the impact that he's been able to have into his older years, even having and, one and, of his and best another, seasons. hundred percent. And another guy that well, look at the team when they re-signed him, it was this notion that this core had underperformed. Maybe we would be sitting here a year from now going, didn't win a cup, didn't get as far in the playoffs as you wanted to again. Your best player is like Sam Coast was at that time is your first line center thinking about leaving and you, you come to terms, you make the deal and now look what they've done. Um, yeah, I think that's once again, a great blueprint for what we want to be doing here because when guys are that talented, have that have had that level of success, um, he also reminds me of the kind of player that will age pretty well too, especially how he thinks the game is positionally sound, all that stuff. So you just got to keep guys. You, you, sometimes you can't win every deal, right? Yeah, yeah. This that's an investment that you have to you have to make him a Carolina Hurricane for ninety percent of his career, if not if not all of it, depending on where we're at at the end of that deal if it happens but yeah i mean i think it's a super important thing to look at and and having a clean negotiation and setting the tone that this is going to be like keep the team around cuz i mean it also matters for it matters for somebody like Roddy does Roddy want to come back and continue coaching good point if also there's no happy belated big yeah, dog happy, happy belated to the OG, but if if you lose Aho and you lose Turbo and Stalls retired, and like what is is it enough for Roddy at that point? Is he right. tired? Does he not think that he has the the ability to do what he wanted to do? Because obviously, winning a championship is does he his want to go angle. through a negotiation? Yeah, yeah. This is the first time you've heard rumors that that seem to have a little bit of uh, credibility that maybe he's not long for it and. He kind of referenced that when he first got the job, but uh, I just think it's people don't view it that way for someone that's had so much success that they could walk away. But it's beyond, he doesn't need it. He doesn't need it. Uh, no, he does uh, it right now because he loves it. Loves right? it, uh, and he loves the Hurricanes and Carolina hockey. And you got to respect that. I mean, we we obviously do the, the look, name, name look the at podcast. the name of the podcast. So. Ish, yeah. Hey, we're keeping that in perpetuity. That's that's the name. Oh yeah. Regardless, I mean, Kane's legend. No matter yeah, what. Seventeen hangs in the rafters. I think we're safe. Yeah, we're good. So, yeah, it's the next two years. Like you've mentioned about the window are super important um, because then you got a lot. You got a lot of things to resolve coming up. So, 
it's uh, dude, we're, we're definitely gonna have a lot to talk about, even for the next few weeks. Uh, get a little quiet, we'll have to do some uh, fun things. Uh, Kane's all time team, stuff like that. Yeah, we'll play around, with, we'll play around with some things, see what we can come up with. Anything else you want to get to tonight? No, I think I think that covers the issues for now, or the topics, I should say, for now. Yeah, th- th- I, I was at a um, athletics conference uh, about a month ago, and um, the AD at Texas w- was on this panel and uh, giving a talk about like NIL and all that stuff. And he goes, and it resonates here a little bit. It's like at, tex- at Texas, we don't have problems. We have solutions. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, I feel yeah. like that's the way this organization looks at it. And, you know, there's a little hubris in the back that, you know, Texas raises all this money every year and it's Texas's huge national brand, but they don't have problems because they can solve them. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of how this organization views this. And, you know, I'm sure they're not doing cartwheels that patch ready, you know, tore his Achilles. That, that's terrible news. It's terrible for your team and the team's ability to congeal and maximize the potential, all those things. But these guys are already working the problem. They're playing that 3D chess we always talk about and they're going, okay, we have some money to spend now. Let, let's do these different things. We'll work the market and, Hey, as always, they'll do something that, you know, even though you've had some really terrific, uh, you know, predictions of the last couple of years, they'll do something we won't expect yeah. and uh, be better off for it. And they've completely earned uh, my trust and benefit of the doubt, even if I disagree with the process sometimes. But uh, very good time to be a fan of this team. I think still, still believe they're going to be great to watch. Um, I think you're going to be right at the top of the Metro once again, uh, cruising into a playoff spot and, uh, really be focusing on peaking hopefully in April with a healthy Max Pacioretty. Absolutely. And hopefully everybody enjoyed the uh, sneak preview of the 2024 offseason episode. So. <laughs> Jeez. Didn't see that coming tonight. Yeah, but no. Well, no, I mean, really, that's next offseason. We, well, we keep talking For, two years, but yeah. those contracts, they can start yeah. negotiating. Which the only one I could see them starting at that point would be Ajo. They'll sign like Turbo first, and we'll do it. We'll do the inverse. Turbo be will be what keeps. I don't think Turbo is going to do anything until Aho. I does. wouldn't because yeah. well, I mean, if you're these guys, Aho's going to set the market, and you know he's going to set pro- probably the center market. I believe he's the biggest name center coming up at that time, uh, and that kind of just sets the benchmark for where they're going to sign all these guys. Because you know, as we speculated, you know, and Galaxy brained what they could do with Aho. They're going to keep most of these guys. Let's just be honest. So uh, you can't jeopardize your future by losing your whole core. But yeah, it's going to be really fun to talk about because these things are going to be speculated for the next you know 12 months. And hopefully we have some good walkie, walkie, hockey to watch in the meantime. Yep. Walkie. It's like Star Wars hockey. Yep. And then, you know, if, if Ajo signs, we'll start raising some money for like a little Finland in downtown Raleigh or something like that. They can eat their hey, reindeer. And I don't, I haven't looked at the metrics in a while, but I believe you told me you were the number one podcast, hockey podcast in Finland. Yeah. Last time we checked, that's what they Casual. said. That's what if we, Spotify If we've done said. nothing else, you know, John Forslund and number one uh, Finland hockey podcast. Yeah. I guess no Welcome one uses to the podcast. I guess no one uses Spotify in Finland. <laughs> We'll have to ask. We'll have to ask a Finnish person if I don't we ever want, meet No, them. no, no. I don't want to know the background behind it. I just want to say we're the number one in Finland. That's it. Yeah. On Spotify. On Spotify. Caveat. Well, guys, thank you for joining us tonight. Um, we will be back with you soon, uh, predicated on some news. We'll do some fun things this offseason, heading into the preseason and season starting there in October. So once again, thanks for joining us tonight. We'll catch you next week.